Hi, everyone. I am Valerie Malone, life coach, motivational speaker, creator of Love You Life program. You are listening to Real Talk. Today, I have my two dear friends, Ellen and Valentina. Ellen is a transformational coach who is specialized in health and sexuality, and Valentina is a certified dating coach and relationship expert for women. Both of you, welcome to this program. Thank you. <laughs> hey there. So happy to be here. Okay, I'm going to start with Ellen uh, because Ellen has a book coming up. So before we asking you a question, uh, Ellen, tell me a little bit about your book and what is it about and when is going to be published? Thank you, Valerie. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, my book is called Self-Care Isn't Selfish. And it's a book about um, nurturing the, and actually I'd say prioritizing ourselves not just uh, as women, but as well as, you know, women in the workplace, in family. It's just so easy to put ourselves at the bottom of a list of everything that, need, that is important in our lives. And um, this wasn't my first road book, but it is the first one being published for the reason that I had to go back to my book myself. So like, it's like a workbook even. You, you are going to start reading and there will be a little bit of my story there uh, where I tell how this whole self-care and nurturing my, my self-confidence and my personal growth came about in my life, in my professional life. But also how I started writing was just really writing things that I needed to remember myself of doing. And on times like now when there's so much going on me moving country moving home and the pandemic with the world and re realigning my business and this and that and the kids and the husband it's so easy to just completely disregard time for myself even for me <laughs> so what i do is i go back to my book has a, a list of things that you can use just pick and create your own routines so it's very practical. There is a self-assessment as well to just to check in because some people might think, I think my, I take good care of myself. I go to the gym and it's not just that. So um, there is a chapter of my book right now available for anyone to download is a preview. And also when you get the download of my book, I'm going to be inviting you for the official publishing date at the end of this month. And self-care isn't selfish. It's really like a mantra. It starts because I had to keep telling myself that it was okay to really put myself first. No, mm -hmm. self-care isn't selfish. Self-care isn't selfish. And that's wow. how the, the name of the book became about, yeah. Wow, great! Because um, so I have I had both of you and my podcast and uh, Valentina. When I had you, I got so many responding people ask me questions. So I'm going to start asking you a question. Some of the questions that um, my audience send it to me. So we're going to start, and today we're going to talk about self-image, uh, because I know previously me and you we talked about self-love because that was important. That's kind of your spirit, your emotion, your feelings, and all of that. We had to conquer that, and now when it comes to self-image. One of the um, listeners asked me question to ask you, um, what if your partner wants to have sex and you don't want to have sex and how can you tell them without hurting their feelings? Is that like something 
with you, how we do it? Well, first of all, I would ask, what is stopping you from wanting to have sex with your husband? It's <laughs> because that's the much bigger question for me. <laughs> I like to answer questions with another question, you know, the coach in us is always like that. Um, I mean, you know, I, I think we mentioned in, in the previous uh, call we had that I believe that sex is relationship glue. And if you have some sort of resistance towards your partner initiating intimate contact with you, the, the problem is much bigger. The barrier that you're experiencing is not so much in how to say no, but it's much more about why this situation is actually causing you to say no. So I feel that when, when it comes to self-image, a lot of, uh, in my experience working with clients, I was having this conversation with a client yesterday, there is this, I think, misconception in the world that it's always the woman who says, oh, darling, I have a headache, not today, whatever. I work with a lot of couples and I would say that in probably 90% of the cases, it's always the women who are complaining they're not getting enough sex. <laughs> I, I don't know, maybe, I'm, maybe it is just a, a portion of, of the world oh, that I'm true. seeing, but I do believe that, uh, <laughs> that everybody has this misconception that it's always the husband pushing, pushing, pushing for sex. In my experience, that is not the case. So to me, the question is not so much how do you say no to your husband, but the question is why do you want to say no to your husband? Because to me, the, intim the physical intimacy is a result, especially for women, right? Men are much more direct when it comes to sex. They think of sex, they want sex, okay, they get aroused, easy, right? But for women, the arousal process, the desire is, is, an, in is an emotional and intellectual process. And there is this, I don't know if you're familiar with the book, Come As You Are, is a book by, by a beautiful lady who talks about the two different types of desire, the spontaneous desire and the responsive desire. And the idea of responsive desire, she has this beautiful metaphor. She says, you know, it's like planning to go to a party. Spontaneous desire is like, okay, I'm thirsty. I'm going to get a glass of water done, right? It, it, that's simple. But that kind of desire happens in the, in the early days of a relationship when you're actually in the, the phase that we call lust, right? When chemistry is really strong and you just kind of can't take your hands off each other. But later, after the last phase kind of eases off and you start changing the chemical balance of hormones in your body, desire has to be built. So she talks about responsive desire being like an invitation to a party and then you're kind of thinking about it for the whole week and you're thinking, oh, what am I going to wear? What shoes am I going to be wearing? And why am I going to go there? But the bigger question is what happens if you don't like what's happening at the party? So my guess about the question that you're asking is that actually your client doesn't quite like what's happening at the party. <laughs> That's why she wants to say no. <laughs> wow. Wow. That is so true, Ellen. Um, so we talked about like self-image. This is now, now we're going to come back to what are we going to talk about? Ellen, self-image, you are expert on that. Meaning we talked about this a lot, a lot, a lot. A lot of women in today's society look at the self-image as in actually physical mind and body. They look at themselves in the mirror. 
So that's why the, um, the industry of plastic surgery and Botox and all of that is booming because they're not comfortable with themselves. They feel like if they uh, uh, kind of like tailor their body and make it um, appealing and that's how if they look attractive to other people, then I'm comfortable to have sex. I'm comfortable to be on a relationship and I'm actually going to find love. What do you think of that? Right. So um, I, I like to give my experience. <laughs> it's so easy to just share what happened to me hands on. I grew up in Brazil, in a part of Brazil where I looked different. I was born in the north of Brazil and everyone looks like me. So the typical Brazilian where like I have indigenous in my family, I have European, I have black, I have all the mix. And then when I was about nine or 10 years old, I moved to the south of Brazil, where it's predominantly German. All the people there look like Germans. <laughs> Tall, blue eyes, blonde, fair skin. So I believed, I believed, I don't, like I, I could point out where that belief came from, but uh, I didn't think of myself as pretty. Because to be pretty, I had to have a certain standard of look. And that was it. And I got around it. Um, it, it didn't really interfere me growing up. I just sort of shut, shut off for that. I wasn't interested in, in boys for a long time because I just studied and did sports, anything. And I'm shorting up this story here. <laughs> a lot happened, of course. And then um, one day, someone asked me to go to a model agency because I looked exotic. Mm. That was the, I couldn't even comprehend why I would have been asked to go to a model agency. So what happens is that at that time, they wanted someone who looked different for the market where everyone looked the same. And from there I came, I became international and I was considered very beautiful. It took me a long time to even understand that. I think she's frozen. I think she's frozen, yeah. Yes. She'll come back. Yeah. So are we gonna we're gonna wait a little bit. But I'm gonna go with you this. Oh there you go. She's back. Oh, all okay. right. You where, where did it, oh my god, okay. Where did it stop? <laughs> uh when you I, couldn't I was just the, talking. When you uh, couldn't get the concept of you being exotic and beautiful and why they chose you. Right. Yes, exactly. So it was just because I, I kept getting jobs and even, which is funny because the modeling industry is a very harsh industry, very harsh. Terrible. And so I went straight like that ugly oh, girl that I felt I was going right to the center of the wolves. Right. So it was, uh, but I was getting jobs. So it was so weird and when I started then uh, going deep into myself because I, I had to just get into a room and pass on confidence because that was most of the, the job is to step in and believe that you were going to get the job. So there was a lot of internal work. It was a little bit of fake it till you make it, mm -hmm. but that doesn't last long. So um, 
I was very lucky to only have depression a few years, very lucky to have depression a few years later. What I mean is that as a young woman, I didn't suffer from severe depression. I just made myself very busy. But what happens is that with any one of us, if we keep waiting for reassurance, so I always had the reassurance of um, getting the job, so that confirmed that I perhaps was beautiful. Right until the first time I didn't get a job because I wasn't, I wasn't enough or I wasn't beautiful or skinny enough, whatever it was. Then my world came crumbling down, right? Because of that rejection. So I was just telling Valerie earlier that this has to be, it should be taught at school, but because it is, and then it's what the parents, the mother, or it has to be from early on the confidence has to be built up early on. And it's not just that type of confidence that sometimes we hear people saying, oh, it's not the looks that matter, okay? It's what you have inside. <laughs> sure, but that's not how the world really works. That is so true. That is it. There's a lot of um, the image that you portray. It's true. Unfortunately, it's true. Like yeah. uh, we, we tell maybe our kids or the youngsters that it's, you have to um, nurture what you are inside, but they're like, yeah, but what am I inside? First mm. of all, but it's, it's a combination of really grooming. I believe that grooming someone who really loves themselves, they will take time to groom themselves, to appreciate, you know, their features, the, the body type, the types of clothes that fit them, right? It's a combination of things. It's not just shutting off that the look don't matter because it matters. Mm -hmm. I'm glad. It matters a lot. Too a, much. A lot. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that, that's good. Wait, let's come back to you, Valentina. So here's the thing. Alan said it so beautifully. First impression matters. A lot of women, when a good day go on a date, that's the scary part because they don't really, like you said, nervous inside, because normally people don't see you inside right away. They have to spend some time with you to find out what kind of person you are, your, your personality, your, you know, all the talent, all the stuff that you believe. Even if you work internally within yourself, it doesn't really show right away when you go meet a guy or a girl or wanted to, uh, but even if making a friend, whatever the case may be, the outside matters, the self image matter. And a lot of people shy away from that because they're so afraid that they get judged by the way they look. If somebody gone and did, what, what would you be your advice? What would they have to do to show both and be okay with it? Well, this is part of the graduation, if you like, that my clients go through after they work with me for a while. Mm. Ultimately, yes, I work with my clients on their dating skill, on their communication skills, but most of all, I work with my clients on believing that they can be their true authentic self from day one. Because unfortunately, just to continue what uh, Ellen was saying, yes, we define our sense of identity by the way people react to our presence. And usually when we are little, whatever judgment we perceive from others, we make it to mean that we are not enough. If our mother says, oh, don't eat those, that candy is going to make you fat we think, oh, I'm fat, so my mother doesn't like me. And that becomes kind of the story of our life. And that's really part of the process that uh, we need to work on ourselves to reframe, to kind of, because I, I think I mentioned in the last time we talked that I believe 
our relationships are mirrors of ourselves. So if we constantly see ourselves um, as too fat, too ugly, too short, too skinny, too whatever, too or not enough, you know, there's all these judgments that we make because that's the meaning that we make of other people's comments. Like, oh, you're too fat, you're too ugly, you're too young, you're too old for this guy. This becomes our sense of identity. This becomes how we define ourselves in our mind. So what I work on with my clients is for them to stop uh, creating a fake image of themselves. Sure, you know, if of course you go on a first date, but if you're the kind of girl who is the sort of jeans and t-shirt person and is more comfortable in trainers, if you go on a first date wearing seven inch heels and a short skirt, is that really yourself? Because maybe that guy falls in love with this beautiful kind of, I don't know, Vegas kind of girl, but then that's not you. It's not who you really are. So are you gonna, how long are you gonna keep up the charade after the relationship starts? So to me, I call this the packaging trap. We fall into the packaging trap so much, you know, so the fake boobs, the overly done makeup and all that. Um, it is creating a, a packaging for what's inside because as Ellen said, people do judge us by the packaging. We do judge the book by the cover, right? It's, it's inevitable because this is how our world is created. So Unless you're someone very enlightened. I know of individuals who are very enlightened and they are past that but most of us, no. <laughs> uh, I can tell you, I think of myself as quite enlightened, but I'm still looking at someone who's not hot and like, mm, I don't think so, dude. <laughs> like I'm gonna hand, raise my hand and say, physical attraction is important. If someone yeah. isn't your type, I don't care. I mean, yeah, of course you can uh, get to love someone who's like your equal and all that stuff, but I'm sorry, I'm super shallow. I like guys with six packs. I'm gonna say it out loud, like I don't care. <laughs> Sorry, I was, excuse me. I like I have to defend you, but that's not being shallow. It's just like uh, there's so many levels of six packs. <laughs> but just like someone, someone who a man who is confident of himself and has self-esteem and he takes good care of himself and is healthy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, that is a, a combination of things that my uh, not all is, but it can show of a healthy person from a healthy person to another healthy person, it, you know, it's the, the same frequency, it, it will attract you because he takes care of himself, you know? Like, exactly. uh, not, but just because yeah. someone looks good, it doesn't mean that they have a good image of himself. As you would know from the modeling world, I know so many models, I work with so many models who are literally some of the most beautiful women in the world. I don't think I've ever seen so much insecurity as in a room full of models and so much self-judgment oh, because of course the industry is is terrible my model friends are telling me all the time i mean they're like size zero skinny tall beautiful and it's like oh you know i went to milan and they told me you have to lose four pounds by tomorrow and it's like what's with that zit on your face so it's a very very judgmental and of course you have to face rejections all the time but even the hottest people in the world, actually a funny story, one of my clients uh, who has recently graduated from my program um, met somebody that we jokingly called the saint. So if she, if she hears this, we're gonna, she's gonna die because I'm just always <laughs> joking about it. But, um, because he's such a good guy and he's like gorgeous and whatever. So we jokingly have this nickname for him. And I've invited them to come to my Halloween party 
um, in a few weeks time, whatever. And she was saying, oh, you know, what kind of, what, what outfits should we wear? And because I've met the guy, I said, why don't you ask him to come as uh, Aquaman, you know? He's like, he's got the body for it. <laughs> and today, and he is like a beautiful man, I have to say. Um, I hope he listens to this as well, but I don't care. <laughs> and, uh, and he, um, he said, oh yeah, but you know, I don't have the pecs, I don't have the long hair, I don't have the tattoos, so no, I don't think that's me. So the point of this is really to understand that no matter how the outside world sees us, we are our biggest critics. And that's how, what I work on, on, on shifting this. You know, it's, it's a little bit like uh, when someone has an eating disorder, they suffer of a condition called body dysmorphia. So they cannot see how skinny they are. And to some extent, we all have <laughs> a level of dysmorphia. No matter how good we look, we always have this ten tendency to kind of say, oh no, but I'm fat. Or if someone pays us a compliment. For me, this is a good measure. I have two tests that I run with my clients when it comes to their level of self-love and self-acceptance. One of them right here next to me where I'm sitting, this is the sofa that my clients are sitting on normally, right? So I usually sit there. But I have a mirror over here. A mirror, I, I was going to say, yes. I was yeah. going to say, yeah. <laughs> so I asked the clients, and this was not designed, this was designed originally not as an office, but it's perfect how it's done. So I say to the client, okay, turn, look at that person yeah. in the mirror and say, I love you. You have no idea. I mean, you probably do, Ellen, but so many people just say, no, there's no way I can look. Or cry. They start crying. And people who, like, are gorgeous. So I'm, I mean, of course, I believe that all my clients are, are beautiful in so many ways. But people who are objectively beautiful, like models and, like, people who you look at them and you think, oh, my God, how can you not be the most uh, confident person in the world? They go, no, I never even look at myself in the mirror. Or when I look in the mirror, I look superficially. I don't look in my own eyes. So this is test number one. And test number two, which is a little bit more subtle, is um, I give a client a whole bunch of compliments. So I say, oh, you know, but look, you're a beautiful woman. You're like a great mother and all that. And if you pay attention to their body, people that, um, how can I put this? If the compliments that I give them align with what they believe about themselves they're gonna they, their body will give uh, subtle um signals of acceptance like okay yeah 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 true maybe okay but if you give someone a compliment that they don't believe at all you will see that their body goes nah, like this they will be like yeah a, a pulling yeah. back their eyes go up you know just to check uh no that doesn't that doesn't compute it's because we have this image of ourselves, which is in the back of our mind, and we're constantly checking the feedback that we receive from the outside world, if it fits with our image of the world. If that image is aligned, our body goes, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, thanks, you know? But if the person doesn't agree with that, if it's completely against their belief about themselves, their body gives them away straight away. Wow. So this yeah. is the greatest as a coach to see what is the, the core problem that a client is experiencing? And actually you can use it. I use it for dating. I use it for, you know, just to read people, to understand how they feel about themselves. And it's incredible how much, if you pay attention to these things, you can read in a person's, you know, body language. That's what they talk about. Well, this is going to take back to the, uh, Ellen, what the, she said about her book, uh, uh, Care for Yourself, is um, attraction from outside and inside coming. And I experienced that myself. 
God, I'm far away from being a model and from being size zero, which I never wanted to be. But I think, uh, Ellen, when we talked about this, and it is so important for people to know, sometimes the pressure of the society that they're expecting, even if you're beautiful, let's just say like we, we consider someone beautiful. If they keep being told that they're beautiful, they're beautiful that expectation itself is a, such an, a stressful thing because now you're becoming that image. Now you always have to, God forbid, if you have your you know, hair up and with your sweatpants sitting down because, oh, wow, like, what happened to you today? Why you look tired? And you're like, no, I'm not. What do you think of that, Ar? She's frozen. No, she's yeah. not back i don't know what it is i don't know if i should change the room um yeah so uh, it's crazy because again just to confirm what valentina said uh the most standardized beautiful woman because i i started seeing beauty in a complete different way right mm -hmm. i see beauty everywhere i just see different Different qualities of beauty so it's um it's now not fair for me to judge and that's why i also stopped working in fitness coaching personal training all of that because i i couldn't help my clients on what they wanted from me anymore because now i started uh when they came to me like um i want to be better okay i need to i want to look better that's what because they never know exactly what they want that's a problem for the trainers because people don't have a specific goals. We have to figure it out for them. And usually it's based on uh, a celebrity that they saw or their friends, how their friends look. So it's a, it's a, it's a, um, like a standard that they created. So these people started coming to me and they're like, yeah, I want to be better. And I was like, but you, you look perfect for me. You are a very healthy woman. You're, you're not obese. I do a fitness assessment, you are fit. So what exactly do you want? That's what started happening. And it, it didn't work anymore because they were like, no, but I want to have a six pack. And I was like, for you to have a six pack, you're going to end up developing eating disorders. I don't want to do that for you. And also it's not natural for your body because this is genetics. Not everybody's designed to have six pack. So um, you're really going to be in trouble. You're not going to be healthy. And if it was a woman, for her to have a six pack probably would mean she would lose a lot of body fat to a point where she would not have her period anymore because she would be so low in, in fat and that was not healthy for her. So that is the problem. Um, there are so many standards and they change all the time. And people try to just keep up with that. So like people if, start, if they started to just believe first of all that they were perfect as they are because that's the truth unless you have really serious disease that is putting your health in risk like a obese or heart or something like that then your body is responding to your lifestyle so if you are a happy person your body will be exactly as it is supposed to be because that means you're eating well, you are sleeping well, and your body is what it is supposed to be. Because we're all different. We can't all look the same. But um, for people to understand that, they do need to learn the all different types of not just physical bodies, but energetic bodies and, and emotional bodies. 
uh, Ayurveda does that a lot and that's the, the work that I do with my clients. Now, if I'm leading the wellness path with them is to figure out those types of, of physical, energetic, emotional bodies, because then we will figure out like, how is the best lifestyle they can live to be feeling good every day and with very, very high energy levels. And then we will figure out what is the body that is going to correspond to that lifestyle. And that is the perfect body. Wow. So it's like the reverse work, right? It's the reverse. And it doesn't take long. It usually takes two to three months for them to start figuring out because they will notice how well they feel in that body. And when we get to that point, that lo lots of those uh, insecurities and the self-esteem um, issues, they vanish because the person is healthy. That person is feeling well. It's about self-acceptance, right? It's about this image exactly. in the back of our head versus the reality that we're looking at in the mirror. When there is this connect yeah. between, you know, I want to look like, I don't know, I don't really yeah. have a celebrity model. I have no idea. But to be fair, yeah. I, I am now fatter than I've ever been, but I'm also fitter than I've ever been. Uh, I exercise four to five times a week. And despite the fact that I usually date uh, people with six pack, I know that I will never have a six pack because I'm just never prepared. I don't want to put myself through the, as you said, the, the, the extreme uh, type of behaviors that will guarantee that at the age of 46, after I've been on uh, post breast cancer treatment to actually for me to want to lose that amount of weight and to completely screw up my body chemistry, just because I, I have this, vanity although i do have a picture of me six years ago when i was much slimmer in my vision board but i consider that to be a good um a good memory and what i always uh, try to encourage my clients to do is to become internally referenced which means you know if i compare myself with all the other people in the world i'm never going to be just like someone else because my body is different everybody has a different body different chemistry different like ideal body like i don't really want to put myself in a box that other people have created but i know what my body looks and feels good as of course six years ago when i was 10 kilos lighter it was six years ago pre-cancer now i'm much older my hormones have changed and it's much more harder plus i'm on medication that is actually stopping me from losing weight and yes, I could continue to have this constant battle with myself, starving myself, going into God knows what uh, extreme behaviors. Or I could say, well, you know what? Um, believe it or not, I'm still getting a lot of compliments for my curves. So I'm like, should I choose to embrace my curves or should I choose to kill my beautiful... Oh, please breasts? embrace your curves. <laughs> oh my God. I'm totally embracing curves. Beautiful woman. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's totally like... Um, I was gonna say, unfortunately, with a six pack comes uh, three size less in the in the bra. So I'd rather keep my my big bra than uh, have a six pack. <laughs> well, to that to Please. say, uh, yeah. uh, uh, Valentin, I, I don't want to have six pack because I like I I personally like a feminine 
body of like you know a little bit of fat because you remember ellen the, the old uh drawing of people and the greek goddess when the women were naked and they have this beautiful body with the little like yeah with the stomach it's a little stomach they have and yeah. their boobs are like not really up and here. you know <laughs> and i tell you what i found out just recently you know, from the photos which I thought I always thought before it was fat. It's not fat. It's the diastasis recti from giving <laughs> birth, and that was a sign of health and um, a woman who was fertile, which was the beauty standard. That little pouch was because she was a woman that that had babies. Like, how crazy is that? Right, God, good, uh, like a beautiful goddess uh, had a little bit of like a, a and the boobs were not. not like up to here, all pumped up. It was a little saggy and you know, the stomach you have and you have a thick thighs, you know, you're just going like that, that curly hair, frizzy hair. And that was considered, <laughs> <laughs> that was considered beautiful. Exactly. <laughs> the new generation comes in and the model. But to, to, I teach my client this. I know you guys are uh, uh, expert on that, but I'm more like a life coach and I, I do a, a, a life outside exterior life and interior feeling of how they feel about them. But like Ellen said, you have to learn about yourself. What are you comfortable with? So here's what I do. I, when I have sex, I literally go full-fledged, Ellen. I have the lingerie, the see-through, the, I glitter, I love glitter. So all my underwear has to have a rhinestone, the broad and everything. And then for some reason, I feel like this is what I feel. I always tell my client, if you want to take attention from something and put it somewhere, it's because, you know, whatever you put attention on, it gets bigger. So let's just say if you have a little stomach or you have a, like a love handles, I make it all glittery on top. So the guys <laughs> focus. Excellent technique. I love it. Yeah, love it. <laughs> I do your exotic makeup, a lot of jewelry with a high heel shoes. And that's what makes us like goddesses because we can we can use those things. <laughs> right, Valentina. Like, Love you, it. Remember she, yeah. she said that high heel shoes. And I never wear high heel shoes, Ellen. But in the bedroom, when I wear high heel shoes, and it's so uncomfortable. But then you're like, okay, I'm going to sit in the bed. <laughs> you got exactly. You're not going to walk on them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, I love this so much. One of my favorite uh, jokes always, like, I don't know, I'm sure you've had this experience, but one of the things that amuses me most um, about how men also have huge insecurities about their bodies, right? And especially when it comes to their penis and all that stuff. So for me, the most amusing part after having sex with someone is when the man goes to the bathroom, they have a shower and they come back and like very carefully wrap their towel around their waist. I'm like, dude, I've seen everything already. What, what are you hiding? It's like, what, yeah. what is going on? Because I've already been there, done that, got several t-shirts. It's okay. You don't need to hide it now behind the towel. Yeah, uh, but yeah. there's a little trick that you can do, Valentina. You, you know, you have to, first of all, you have to be comfortable with your body. You, okay, I love my body. I have, for myself, I can lose a little bit here, there. That's fine. That's your desire of losing. Number one, don't lose it because of someone yeah. wants sure. you to lose it in order for you to be yeah. sexy. Number two, yeah. once you feel that way, even if you're unsecure of yourself as a self-image a little bit, either outside or inside the bedroom with a partner or with a friend, when you're comfortable with yourself, you can always take the attention, like the personality comes in. Then once you focus on your personality, when your group of people around you and you focus on that body image kind of like, it's not really that much relevant after a while. 
Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Like it again, it's not saying that all all our insecurities go away, even after being a coach. No, it doesn't because we are just we only human beings as well you know it's an ongoing work it's always evolving but the thing about like exactly how you say uh there's women that would never ever have uh make love with the lights on so i love that you said valentina the the mirror work because that's also the first thing that i do and it's so true like some people take two months like a couple of months that was the, the maximum time that it took for uh, someone to break through being able to look at them not even say anything saying something nice to themselves looking in the mirror is almost like the next level the advanced level just being able to look deeply into their own life through the mirror but then like um the being comfortable with the body is also mirror work it's women literally being naked and looking at their bodies and giving a self-massage and like yeah whatever maybe one day you will feel like you have the perfect body for your own standards but maybe not yet like we go through so many cycles in life right and but it's okay if you just be comfortable by looking at yourself and touching yourself but if you can't do that for yourself and you expect that it's going to be okay when you are with someone else it's a it's almost putting too much pressure on the other person to have the job to make you comfortable exactly. <laughs> You know, so Valentina, I did that exercise. You told me the last time you talked about. So I, I take a shower. I see myself naked. But the way she told me, she was like, oh, you have to. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try that. And I got to tell you, I give birth to three kids natural, breastfeed them, had multiple partners during my life and stuff. I've seen myself naked. I was like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. There's things you see that you don't see. And you like kind of like cringe at first. And you're like, ooh. And I started Ellen with like doing like a minute and then I increased and I increased. And I was to the point that I'm like, Ellen voice was in my head. Like if you be comfortable with yourself. And I did because I always said to myself, like, I've never like look at myself down to see my vagina, like actually how it looks like, you know, I mean, I have, but not like to the expect of, oh, do I actually comfortable with it? And not as an exploration. Not as like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a hard exercise, Ellen. Yeah. And I did yeah. that. And now I'm comfortable. But then here's what I realized, Ellen, after doing that exercise, that actually made me aware. Okay, you know what? You need to like rejuvenate and do some things and get some stuff out of here, make the skin color nice. And I did the work for myself. I was comfortable to be aware of what I like. And then I was like, okay, this, this, whatever. And I fixed it. And that's how you become confident of your self-image. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. about the acceptance of what is rather than a desire to be something different. That, that's how I like to look at it. Ultimately, self-love is about that. Learning to love what we have because this is the body that we're, we're in this time around. Yeah. This particular life is about this body. And I feel that a lot of our journey in a physical body is for us to learn this, to love ourselves unconditionally. Yeah, I, rem I remember asking a, a one client, I think it was actually a workshop, and then I asked, um, so how do you like your, like, your waxings? Do you prefer completely waxed, or you like more Brazilian bikini? What do you think, like, what type of, of lingerie and thong is going to look nice? Did you try different things? Because that's also an exercise that will make you feel comfortable, because you are choosing oh and then i sweat like women were like oh my god i don't want to talk about that i'm like 
How not? And why not? That's a crime. <laughs> what do you mean you don't want to talk about what's your favorite? Why not? Like your favorite type of waxing. How do you prefer the way it looks? And right, right, right. like the, the, you know, it's coming from them like, um, no, no. And then you expect to be comfortable like with someone else, right? Or having the reassurance of someone else. Well, that person will probably be the one who switches the lights off and covers on. And, you know, even after the sex happens, I always laugh with my girlfriends because they're like, you know, get out of bed. Oh, I need to put my, my brow on or By like way. into the bathroom like this, you know, like one hand down. And I'm like, I, think, I think the guy has just been down there. Really, right. I don't think there's any more secrets after you've just had sex. He's seen you at your best. <laughs> Like now hiding yeah. your nipples? What the hell is this? Like CNN? <laughs> or... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Valentin and CNN. <laughs> but you know how they get so silly about nipples? Like seriously? <laughs> oh my God, I love it. <laughs> Ladies, this was so fun. But before we go, let me ask my last question. <laughs> <laughs> Before we go, I'm gonna start with myself. But what is what is one advice or technique you would give these listeners over here after this? They're not gonna listen to us. <laughs> but uh, to them to 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 just embrace their self-image. Mine would be to know that you listen. You have hair and your nipples. Yes, you do. Everybody does. You have pimples down there, take care of it. You got boils there. If you take care of it, it'll be fine. You're going to be a little chubby. That's okay. Get Hopefully you not too often because they're, they're yeah. very painful. You have a mustache. You have a beard. Wax it off. Get rid of it. Everybody has. The model has it. Celebrity has it. Everybody. They are just polished and that's how they come in. Don't be fooled to think that they're so unique or different than you that they don't have any of that. No, we all have it. Some people groom themselves, they love themselves, groom themselves good, and they're comfortable with their body. That's what self-love and self-image means. The other ones that if you're wishing to be like someone, that person never exists, don't waste your time. Come back to your body and learn about your body, about your inside and outside in order to be comfortable with yourself and, and your sexuality in bed and with your partner. So what is your advice, uh, Valentina? Um, for me, one of the most important lessons in my life has been to, to, make a, to make it a practice not to compare myself with others. So for me, you know, the way I, I'm, you know, quite determined of getting, and I, I, I manifest my reality. I, I'm the queen of manifestation. I always laugh about this because whatever I want in my life, I achieve except for my six pack, but I don't want it that bad, I suppose. <laughs> That's why I <laughs> That's why it didn't happen. But, um, <laughs> so I focus uh, very much my attention on being better today than I was yesterday. And that better, whatever that judgment is, really depends on the day. Instead of thinking, oh, look at that girl, she's skinnier than me. Look at that person, she's got, I don't know, longer hair than me. I don't care. To be honest, I, I've come to the, to the point, of course, it's, it's not constant. And as you said, we all have our little insecurities, or I don't even want to call them insecurities, but they're the gaps to, towards growth. You know, those things that you can still work on. Um, 
So what I try to do, instead of looking at someone who's like, oh, look at her, she's skinny, she's beautiful, she's whatever, I look at how I was. You know, if I want to be something, I, I kind of create this image of myself in the future. As you said, uh, Valerie, like maybe I want longer hair, maybe I want to lose a few pounds, whatever it is. But I'm manifesting that reality. So I focus so much in my body, in my mind, of visualizing myself, feeling myself, skinny if I want to be skinny or feeling myself, I don't know, right now I want to go back and do another TED talk. So in my manifestation meditations, all I do is see myself on stage in front of thousands of people impacting lives. So I know that's going to happen, but the way for that to happen, and this is the key to manifestation, is for me to actually live that moment, to, to feel like I've already achieved that goal, because in the mind there's no difference. If I've already imagined that I am in front of 5,000 people in an auditorium and I give them a talk that changes their life and I feel that joy, I feel the, the gratitude for having that opportunity, my mind has already made that journey into the future. So I know it's going to happen. It's the same with achieving any other goal, you know? So it's not about what other people say about you, what other people ask you to do, but it's about you literally focusing on yourself and being a better version of yourself tomorrow because I think it's so much easier to achieve as well but the one danger just one final thing is that very often we are our worst critics the toughest critics so even when the world tells us you're beautiful you're amazing you're doing great if we have an inner inner critic in our mind uh, that critical little devil voice that keeps saying no but you're stupid you're ugly you're old you're like this we have to work with that we have to work on that uh, on on changing the the power of that inner critic to learn lessons so that's a very powerful thing that's what what self-work means to me is kind of shutting down our demons and, and believing in the angel on the shoulder, not the de devil that keeps telling you that you're not good enough. That's true because Ellen said, like Ellen said, I do the same thing. Like I look at everybody as, as perspective of love and beauty. I think everybody's beautiful. I don't think anybody, for their image, for their body, uh, think everybody's beautiful. But it's them themselves that doesn't think that. Your thoughts, Ellen. Um, so... First of all, um, I would say go to the link mybook.ellencosta.com and download the chapter of my book. And you have a chance to get the book as well um, as a gift with a very cute coffee mug. Selfish, uh, self-care isn't selfish. But um, I would say that if you've been your biggest fan from the moment you wake up, before you go, if you're on social media and you go liking other stuff, like yourself first if you're not on that place yet of being your biggest fan then do whatever it takes to get there um and that will that will open up a, a whole do a whole new different life of not just acceptance and confidence but it will impact the people around you as well mm -hmm. Enlightenment. enlightenment. It will create enlightenment. I've seen Immensely. stuff. Yes, that's what it is. Because me and you talk about that a lot. Ladies, it was such a pleasure having you guys. We should definitely do this again.